Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Galatians. Today is episode 357. Looking at Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. Let's read our passage. Let the one who has taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. Well, Paul's been writing this letter to the churches of Galatia, southern Galatia. He and Barnabas had been there on the first missionary journey, had established churches, appointed elders in the churches, and then departed. Now they've gotten word that there's these Judaizers that are there, and they're causing trouble. They are Christian Jews, but they are proclaiming that you must become a Jew in order to be a Christian. That Jesus is indeed the Messiah, but he's the Messiah of the Jews. So therefore you must follow the law of Moses. You must become a Jew. And Paul is arguing, no, you don't. That you are saved by faith and faith alone, not by observance of the law of Moses. So he's been arguing for justification by faith. He's been arguing about freedom in Christ. He's been warning, though, freedom in Christ doesn't mean free to sin. There's still responsibilities in how we live. And then he's been given some general applications of how do you live as a follower of Christ? How do you live in this freedom in Christ? And so we begin here in chapter 6, verse 6. And this just seems kind of an out-of-the-blue statement. Let the one who has taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. It doesn't really link to the previous section doesn't really link with the next section. So it just kind of stands there on its own. But remember, Paul's just given a series of practical applications. How do you actually live as a Christian? How do you live as a follower of Christ? So he's talked about uh, living with one another, living in a a loving relationship with one another. And so he's, he's continuing that kind of line here, where he's talking now about those who are the teachers But he's talking about it from the perspective of those who are taught. Let the one who is taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Well, who is the one who is taught the word? Well, that would be the people of the church. The people of the church are being taught the word. And who is teaching the word? Well, these are the elders that Paul and Barnabas appointed before they left. They said elders to lead the church, to teach the church, and They are the ones who are teaching the word. Now he says, share all his good things with the teacher. Does that mean everything he owns? No, it means just, it's it's the all meaning all kinds of, or, and share. It just says share. It doesn't say give everything away. So it just means a variety of the good things you have, share with the teacher. Now what's some uh, takeaways from here on this even though Paul himself rarely took income from those he taught. He 
lived as a tent maker, he does, in, in here and in other places, and Jesus even said so, has said it is appropriate to make your living from teaching the word, and say whether it's part-time, full-time, but the point being that those who invest themselves in teaching the word, it is appropriate to support them, that the church should support them. Uh, another point to take away from this is that the primary role of those that have been set up in this position is to teach the word. There's a lot of other things that pastors in particular take on. Something for everybody to remember is that their primary role, the primary role, is teaching the word. But it's easy to get caught up in doing other things and let that lapse. He goes on. Now he says in verses 7 and 8, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. This is just three statements. Just three statements here. One is don't be deceived. So live in such a way that you're not going to be deceived. Then he makes this statement, God is not mocked. It could be translated as God cannot be mocked. And you think, well, what do you mean? I, well, you, this point, you could try, you could try to mock God, but he follows that up with, for whatever a person sows, he shall also reap. Well, sows means plants. Reap means harvest. So that which you plant is what you're going to harvest. And if you try mocking God, well, that's what you're going to harvest. You can't pull one over on God here. And so whatever you think you're doing, if you're mocking God, it's coming right back at you big time. And he goes on, verse 8, explains this uh, tension between the flesh and the spirit. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. He's talked about reaping what you sow. And that was right after the whole point of, you better not try mocking God because you will reap what you will sow. Now he speaks to the aspect of the flesh. Sow to the flesh, reap destruction from the flesh. Now the word gets translated as destruction to be word used to describe a, a putrid corpse in a state of decay. So it's uh, it's, it's kind of a nasty thought. So destruction of the flesh is well, it's a pretty graphic description here. Now when he sucks flesh, it's kind of, it, yeah, he means flesh and blood as if, you know, the body. But it also means the flesh. It is all which is not the spirit. The things of the world or the things of the flesh. The fleshly desires, the fleshly process, the fleshly uh, mentality. All that is the flesh. And if that's what you're sowing, that is, that's what you're investing in, that's what you're pursuing, then what you're going to get out of that is actually the opposite of it. It's going to be the destruction of the flesh. And he contrasts it with the Spirit. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So even the Spirit contrasted with the flesh, eternal life contrasted with destruction. Now, is he talking about heaven and hell? Well, I think it's part of it. But um, the, the point being is, what are you investing in? We talked earlier about the 
Are you leaning toward the things of the spirit or leaning towards the things of the flesh? Here it's what you are you pursuing. Uh, he uses the term sowing. What are you planting? What are you investing in? And that's what you're going to get is what you invest in. Are you investing in the things of the spirit or are you investing in the things of the flesh? And that's what you will end up harvesting. It's either things of the spirit or things of the flesh. And at the extreme of things, heaven or hell. Now remember, this is a section he's talking about practical application. So how do you live in the freedom that we have in Christ? Well, you can either invest your time, effort, and resources in the things of the flesh, status, money, even family can be things of the flesh if it's there for your personal enjoyment, your status, versus investing your time, effort, resources in the things of the Spirit, in which case that's what you will reap. Now, verse 9 he says, Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Now here he's still talking about this idea of sowing and reaping. So what you're sowing here is doing good. And what's doing good? Well, it just means doing the right things. Doing what you're supposed to do. The admonition that if we're doing the right thing, then we will receive the right rewards if we don't give up. So it's an admonition. Keep at it. Don't give up. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let's work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. So there's a little amplification on the, what doing good looks like is working for the good of all. That is for the betterment of people, helping people, doing what people need, helping out people. And he says all people. So that's an admonition to do good for everybody. But then an admonition also, but especially for those of the household of faith. So while we should be doing good things for everyone, we should especially be doing good things for those who are also part of the church, the household of faith. Now, is this talking about a works-based salvation? No, no, he's talking about practical aspects of how to live. Salvation, he's already established. Salvation comes through faith. But the, how you're investing your life, are you investing your life in the things of the Spirit? Are you investing your life in doing good? Then what we're going to reap out of that is the good good results for people and spiritual things. So he's not so much talking about salvation here as how to live life, applications for life. But not to get too far from the idea of how we live is the proof of the status of our heart. And so the challenge here is if we're not doing these things he's calling us to do, we always have to go back and do a, a gut check, a heart check of is my heart right with God? And if not, then what do I need to make adjustments in? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Galatians.